just what is a warehouse today anyway? Hi everybody, I'm Bob Bowman, Editor-in-Chief of Supply Chain Brain, and this is the Supply Chain Brain Podcast. We all have a definitive image of what the classic warehouse looks like, a cavernous structure with high racks and narrow aisles along which workers scurry to perform storage, picking and processing a product for shipment. And while that certainly describes the lion's share of warehouses in operation today, it no longer tells the whole story. The modern-day warehouse can range from a mega-facility spreading over millions of square feet to a small section of a retail store, sliced off to serve e-commerce orders. Then there's the matter of labor. Who's doing the work today? What work are they doing? And are they even human beings anymore? These questions and more answered by my guest Michael McKitka, Chief Executive Officer of the Warehousing Education and Research Council, or WORK. We're going to talk about the many forms that warehouses are taking today, the technology they're deploying, where they're being located, and whether they're even relevant anymore. So here is my conversation with Michael McKitka. Michael McKitka, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity. Michael, what is the single biggest trend in warehousing today in terms of how warehouses and warehousing are changing? I think we're seeing trends on the labor side right now in terms of what organizations are doing to attract, retain labor. It's a big challenge for the industry. So we're seeing some creative ideas that work to solve that problem. That's probably the biggest challenge right now. And what I see most organizations focusing a large amount of their efforts on. Do you think it's an expression of the low unemployment levels we're having, that workers have a lot of different options, and in a lot of cases, their first choice might not be work in a warehouse? That's definitely a factor at play. Competition among that workforce is also a factor. As facilities are coming online and they tend to be pulled around certain areas, it tends to pull on the labor force in those areas. So yeah, those are the problems that are creating the challenges we're seeing. And probably forcing wages up in a lot of cases, which raises the cost of a warehouse facility operation, right? Yes, but also we see organizations that are becoming more creative in other ways in terms of whether it's adopting technology, material handling equipment to help alleviate some of that problem, but also in what they're doing in terms of their benefits, pay time off programs, things like that, also help to attract and retain their workforce. Now, the big question, of course, or as you say, the big solution here in many ways is technology, is automation, and specifically robotics. I assume we are seeing a pretty steady trend toward the adoption of robotics throughout warehouses in the country, right? I mean, that's just a a reality. There are those that are leading the way and and setting the bar, but there's also a large group that I think are taking a wait-and-see approach to see how this can impact them. For the very largest of organizations that are making the investments and are willing to see returns come in over 12 or 18 months or 24 months, there's that group. But there's the group of warehouses, organizations that are also taking kind of a wait-and-see approach. What is the best technology? What is the best robotic? The software systems, the support systems, whether it's voice, pick to lights, things like that are still being considered by a number of organizations. Are there any particular industries you think that give themselves over to technology more easily than others? 
and automation. I think we're seeing it in retail segments, given that they're also doing direct-to-consumer fulfillment versus some of the manufacturing, which is doing the B2B fulfillment. In those areas, they're making the investments because of consumer demands. But we're also seeing and we're also hearing that people's experience as a consumer are creating demands within material handling and software markets as they expect those same type of experiences from those vendors. So somebody who runs a warehouse is used to getting something very quickly, very affordably, and they're turning those expectations now onto the material handling suppliers as well. If we extend our view of the future out a few years or maybe even a decade or more, it seems like the end game here suggests full automation at some point where machines just will be able to do everything because the tasks within a warehouse are essentially repetitive, easy to teach, uh, relatively easy to teach machines to do. Do you think that's a reality that we'll see at some point in the future? I think there's a potential for that, sure. We grew up watching the Jetsons. The machines could do everything. But I believe that when it comes to understanding the processes, refining the processes, there's the card of the consumer demand and their expectations that comes into play. There's the challenges of urbanization. Could it eventually get to that point? Sure, it could. But I think it's still quite a ways off. The so-called lights-out warehouses that I've seen, the ones in which virtually no human being is within the four walls doing anything, it's all machines, it seems like those have been more popular over the years in Europe, not quite so much here in the United States. Is that, in fact, your perception as well? And if so, why would that be? That has been my experience, my perception. As far as the why, I think it goes toward being cautiously optimistic and adopting any particular type of technology, even if it's moving to a lights-out type of facility. There's still a lot of warehousing and distribution that's being done not at that level for a variety of reasons, cost being a big part of it. But we're talking about organizations having to make major changes within their infrastructure in order to support that. And I think that gives a lot of organizations, causes pause. When automation does come to the warehouse, are there opportunities for retraining, for putting employees in different higher-level positions? And to what extent is work pursuing that as well on behalf of your members? Or is it just an industry where if you lose a job to automation, you're out? No, I think given the tight labor market, there definitely is an opportunity. So organizations, from what I've been hearing, is when they do implement a particular technology, why well, it might eliminate some jobs, there are still opportunities within those organizations for that workforce. There's still a demand. It allows them to fill positions with people who are being displaced. We are hearing and we are seeing, given the changes going on in the industry and the incredible growth that's being projected for warehousing and distribution, the need to identify and help create career pathways for the workforce to understand that there are opportunities, there are supervisor, there are management opportunities, and it is an industry with which you can grow in. And so to the point that work can do that, those are the opportunities that we're exploring. That's what we're being asked to do by our members. You alluded to the trend of urbanization, and indeed we are now starting to see some fairly large warehouses of maybe around a million square feet being plopped down right in the middle of urban areas, such as the Bronx, for instance. And that's something mm -hmm. we didn't see. Those used to be out in outlying areas in suburbia or rural areas. Now they seem to be coming to the cities. Do you see that? And if so, what are the challenges in making that work? The workforce is a challenge, and obviously the movement of goods in and out of the facility can tend to be a challenge. Working within a neighborhood creates challenges. There are some organizations that have done that very well who are in the center of 
when you're in the center of urban areas, you tend to be also in the center of neighborhoods. And so how do you become a good neighbor in those situations, aesthetically pleasing buildings, that type of thing? Those are some of the challenges that organizations are facing by doing so. So we're also seeing a trend to creating smaller offshoot facilities that are closer into urban areas with kind of the high demand goods, those identified as being high demand goods, or to respond to the critical needs if it's something that needs to be turned around in a very short period of time, perhaps to, when you're talking about a piece of equipment that breaks down within a business, how do you replace those parts very quickly? And indeed, you're talking about smaller warehouses, but I'm also seeing a trend where you're beginning to see retail businesses like grocery stores actually carving out a piece of their floor space within their store, walling it off or whatever, and turning that into an order fulfillment operation for e-commerce orders. Do you see that as being a strong trend? Yes. In fact, one of the things we did and we examined over the last several months has been the concept of warehousing, right? We think of warehouses of four walls and And as we talk to people, there will be those that will say, well, I don't work in a warehouse. We have distribution centers or we have fulfillment centers. Some organization called them flow centers. But what was common were the processes that were being done. Because as you said, the core processes of of distribution are being performed now out of the back of retail businesses in many cases. They're fulfilling orders that way. What we're doing as an organization, what we're being asked to do by our members is to focus on those processes because where they're being done, doesn't matter as much anymore as the fact that organizations are doing them in a variety of places. You know, it was said uh, with the rise of e-commerce that warehouses were going to have to adapt to the omni-channel, that a single facility was going to have to handle pallets as well as eaches and, and fulfill all types of demand within a retail supply chain. Is that successfully happening? Are we indeed seeing well-run, smoothly running omni-channel warehouses today? I think there are examples of it, the well-run, smooth running. And then there are those that are still going through the growing pains of, of making that shift. But they're also, like you've pointed out, being more creative and doing fulfillment out of the back of their store. So as they're going through this process, they're looking at other ways. While they can get it streamlined, while they can get it more seamless, running more smoothly, they're also looking at creative ways to still meet that customer demand. I want to get back for a moment to the urban thing, and that is the cost of real estate. Uh, I guess with interest rates still being stubbornly low, maybe that's less of an issue, but you certainly do see the cost of real estate in some of our major cities in this country today skyrocketing. Does that even make it possible to afford a warehouse in certain cities, or how are companies dealing with that, and how might they deal with it if interest rates go up? That's a great point. Leasing rates, I just heard some news the other day, tend to be going up. So as occupancy rates are very high within facilities, one organization just indicated that they expect to be raising their leasing rates as leases renew. So the demand is there. It's not just the high cost of the real estate to begin with. And that's where companies have to look at the trade-offs of, if I place the facility here with these costs, will the gain be worth it? As far as speaking to the impact of the interest rates on it, I know that plays a role as it does in, in our lives personally, right, whenever we're talking about acquiring property. But I think more so, not only are interest rates helping, but leasing rates are also tend to be a challenge. From a public relations standpoint, we see a pretty steady flow of stories about terrible conditions in individual warehouses here or there. I'm wondering if you think that warehousing in general has an image problem, and if so, what can be done about it? I believe there's always outliers in any business. There are the poor cases, the poor examples. I think as we've seen challenges with the labor market, it has put people first in a lot of organizations. And as I said in the onset, we're seeing organizations get creative with 
their benefits, with their paid time off, with the flexibility they're offering because of that. So there will be those stories that will come out every once in a while and poor examples, but it obviously doesn't serve a company well given the labor market and the need to minimize their turnover and and maximize their retention. Another big issue in warehousing and indeed any kind of commercial real estate these days is the issue of sustainability. What do you think warehouses are doing these days in order to become greener and more sustainable? And how can work function to help that along? Well, what they're doing is they're taking advantage of some of the equipment and and opportunities out there through lighting, through plumbing. They're making those investments in those facilities. You see a lot of gold LED facilities coming online. Some take it very much to heart. There's examples of facilities that have greenery growing on their roofs. We're seeing more introduction of solar panels in certain areas of the country and their fleet and management of their fleets. So they're taking advantage of the technology and the systems that are out there to continue and to improve on their sustainability. Work as an organization likes to be considered as the aggregator of information. So what we can share through the information that's online, through programming, whether it's webcasts or annual conference, that's where we tend to focus on sharing that information with our audience. You know, the E in work stands for education. So what are your primary programs in terms of education these days? As an organization, we focus on some online learning opportunities, do a series of webcasts. We have a chapter network that will deliver education and networking locally. And then there's our flagship event of our annual conference. That's where it all comes together. The content there and a lot of the other areas is very much industry peer driven. There's nothing that becomes part of our conference program that isn't evaluated by people in the industry. And so it makes the content very relevant and very practical. Finally, I guess we're always going to need warehouses, obviously, although it's often said, partly with tongue-in-cheek, that inventory is evil. (laughs) To the greatest extent, we want to avoid that, which means we want to avoid the use of warehouses whenever possible. And, of course, we are starting to see a growing number of direct shipments from manufacturers to the buyer. Do you think the role of the warehouse might actually decline in years ahead as deliverers and distributors and retailers and manufacturers seek ways to get product to market more quickly without actually storing it as inventory? No. I mean, all indicators are that the industry is growing. The Bureau of Labor and Stats has almost a 20% growth in the next 10 years in terms of the labor that's going to be needed to support the industry. Other reports indicate global growth of anywhere between 4 to 6% a year over the next 10 years as well. So while there might be shifts in the supply chain, warehousing touches every part of the supply chain in, in some way. And so it could be shifting from one node of the supply chain to another, but warehousing is always going to be relevant in some way. Always relevant, but the form it takes could very well change, as we've seen in in, in recent years. But, Michael Makitka, I want to thank you so much for helping us to understand what are some of the big macro trends happening out there in the world of warehousing. So thanks very much for being with us today. You're welcome. Thank you for the opportunity. That was my conversation with Michael Makitka of WERK talking about the past, present, and future of the warehouse. We're online at www.supplychainbrain.com, where we post a new episode of this podcast for streaming or downloading every Friday. You can also read my Think Tank blog, watch thousands of videos, and access all of our other content, including the digital edition of our magazine. Look for us on Facebook and LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter, at SCBrain. You can also download or subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Got any comments or suggestions on this or any episode? 
email me at rbowman at supplychainbrain.com. See you next time.